1: It's 3.38 on the Run Home and I know I said we'd be talking league right now, but I must break into our regularly scheduled programme with a Run Home exclusive because I have it on good information that we have tracked down one of New Zealand's hardest to find former athletes, most elusive of his kind. Stephen Donald is on the phone from Australia. Would you believe it, Beeve?
0: Uh, Yes, Stephen Donald, Z run, home, Australian Zoo.
1: (laughs) Are you at the zoo right now?
0: Right now, I'm actually sitting underneath the Crikey Cafe, looking forward (laughs) to a bit of lunch. I've just taken a woomer snake off my shoulders, which uh, the the educated guests, uh, sorry, the educated listeners amongst you will know that it's uh, one of the deadliest snakes in the world, but I uh, just had it around the neck and, um, yeah, just sort of uh, had an experience with it. So it has been it has been some uh, some morning here. Did it bite you? No, 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 I think uh, very friendly, oh. uh, very friendly young snake. Well, not that young, but uh, we had a wonderful hand on Zach who made me feel a little more confident.
1: Well, you know, it's it's good to hear that you aren't winding up the snakes as much as you do your uh, radio co-hosts, so that's something, I suppose. How have you How have your travels been, Bave? I feel like I haven't talked to you in, you know, a month, which I haven't.
0: No, probably two months, actually. <laughs> probably. Um, you, you were hounding me in Paris three months ago trying to get an interview out of me for that other show that you work on. Um, but apart from that, I haven't heard from you. Um, but, uh, no, the travels have been great. Obviously, the World Cup was a special time, and... Uh, special to be up there and uh, and watching the allback journey through to the final, and uh, now me and Izzy are having one hell of a month over here in Aussie, in Queensland in particular. We uh, oh, to be fair, Queensland, what a what a spot. We've uh, we've done it all. Now on the Sunshine Coast, uh, we've, we we start at the Outback and we hit everywhere in between. But uh, with the Gold Coast, the finisher of Kim, which as you know oh. with me, that could be a potentially dangerous uh, dangerous finishing post.
1: He is heading straight to Surfers Paradise. I can see it now. Before we get onto too much of your, uh, uh in the way of your Aussie adventures, Beef, have you kind of recovered from the emotional roller coaster that was that final?
0: It was an emotional roller coaster to be honest. I, 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 didn't, I don't. Yeah, I didn't envision getting emotionally involved like I did. But I guess it was only natural being up there as a Kiwi. To, uh, I guess you know. the the patriotism just sort of washes over you and uh, to see that quarter final when it was backs against the wall and against the odd sort of victory, which will long live in the memory to then ride the journey through you know, the fan, the semi-final demolishing of uh, Argentina and then the final, which you know like I know a lot's been said about the final and to be honest with you, when you're live there I don't think I quite appreciated how much was going on Mm. from a refereeing point of view and upstairs and all the rest of it and you know, I, I just came away at the time live thinking, oh, you know, good game of footy, we missed a couple of opportunities. Um, but, you know, in, in hindsight and, and seeing it again and, and obviously seeing how much of a play that the third umpire or whatever they want to call the guy sitting in the stands mm. called, hopefully that's. I mean, the the, the scary thing is, you know, and, and it's not something to go on about because we lost to South Africa, you know, like not, it's not sour grunts, but I think when. World rugby was headed away a couple of years ago, but I think we always joke. Or oh, you'd hate for a World Cup to be decided like this by some guy up in a in an office high above the field. And unfortunately, I think you know, I think I saw Shag Hanson come out and say you need to they need to bin the idea of the third umpire or whatever it's called. You know, I just think let the referees ref. And um, mm. you know, it's, it's a different game. But yeah, it was great. To, it was still great to be there. You know I mean, you can't win them all. Um, unfortunately would like to win all the World Cups, but you can't win them all. And uh, it was just a great experience to be up there and um, and to see the boys respond like they did in that quarter final. As I say, any any Kiwi that was there that day, and I'm sure everyone back home was watching it, uh, probably won't forget that one in a hurry.
1: Yeah, it's certainly up there that one in terms of their personal kind of sporting highlights of the year. We are getting to the time of year. I think we can be a bit reflective and that was uh, certainly one of them. It's interesting actually, B, today uh, we've just had some news around about Machu Reynal, the ref, saying he would quite like to front the media after games to kind of explain calls if things, even if things went wrong and things like that. What do you think of that? Yes.
0: Well, I think it's brilliant. And to be honest with you, from what I hear through the grapevine when you're talking to people that actually know uh, that that's out. Um, I, I don't think that's all, um, that's not all, uh, I was going to say something, but I was remembering I'm live on radio.
1: We've um, <laughs> got a dump button. To, yeah,
0: um, that's not bravado from him. It's uh, That's who he is. And mm. uh, I think he, he he would be putting his hand up. I, don't, I think there's other referees that might not feel the same. But uh, from what you hear around the grapevine around him, I think he would have have no issues uh, fronting and uh, explaining things.
1: Yeah, I could see that too. And we've moved on quickly, though, over here, Beav. I mean, it might not necessarily feel like it to you because, you know, you haven't been in the country for 90% of the year. But uh, we've got, you know, super rugby teams in pre-season already. There's been an announcement in the last hour or so uh, that the Blues and the Chiefs are both off to play some pre-season in Japan. Are you gutted you kind of missed out on that one?
0: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I heard that was happening. Obviously, that's probably part of that Japanese deal with uh, the rugby union signed there last uh, last year, or might have been this year, actually. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know me, I don't mind a bit of overseas travel. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, had I known the the Blues and Chiefs were, were going that way, maybe I'd have put my hand up one more time for the Chiefs. But, uh, no, it's, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a wonderful concept, obviously, for a pre-season that's spiced it up. I, I mean, I've got to be honest, yeah, pre-season... Like It used to be like Pockwork. We'd always play the Blues, probably at Pukakaui or Rotorua. And then we'd play the Hurricanes, probably in Taupo. You know, and you know, I mean, no one really likes pre-season anyway. Um, <laughs> but that was pretty pretty mundane when you have that for 10 years or so straight. So I think the boys were a bit perked up being able to go up to Japan and, uh, and have a wee trip pre-season. And it would be good for the, for the teams. Uh, nothing beats being on the road and obviously super rugby teams don't get those great trips to South Africa anymore as far as yeah. being on the road for the bonding. So uh, I dare say uh, the boys will quite enjoy a little trip to Tokyo and uh, and uh, all that that has to offer.
1: Yeah, bonding's a big part of it, isn't it? It's funny, actually, a couple of things there, B. First of all, I would like to be in the room uh, if you ever tell dmac that you're thinking about putting your hands up, hand up for the Chiefs again. <laughs> uh, Second... <laughs> <laughs> Secondly, in terms of preseason, it's really interesting. Actually, I was out, uh, so the teams all had their what was it? Day one yesterday, uh, and I was out with the Blues because they were putting on a big breakfast for the whole squad, and they got us along. and It was actually it was great fun, but it was quite funny because they had their kind of breakfast induction day sort of thing yesterday, uh, followed up by first Bronco of preseason yeah. this morning, and just the tactics that were employed by the uh, more senior players, shall we say, compared to some of the newbies. Let me tell you, the senior guys, they were staring well clear of the bacon for breakfast. Some of the oh, younger yeah. blokes, straight in there.
0: Yeah, well, when you're, when you're young and just in that sort of scene for the first time, the concept of a buffet breakfast is too good to turn down. But uh, I guess the boys that have been around the block a few times they they'll pass up a bit of greasy bacon for the sake of not frying it up at about half an hour later. So, I mean, that's, that's just pure inexperience yep. uh, to be having bacon pre, pre-fitness test. A bit, a bit on the nose from the blues, though. I mean, no, this was, this was
1: the day before, to be clear. Up, put, the day before. Oh, OK. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, no, you still want to be feeling a million dollars going into a Bronco to start, start your campaign. So, yeah, I think uh, I, would have, I would have preferred maybe a brunch, come in early, do your mm. fitness test, and then the brunch is on the table. Well, uh, maybe a bit of organisation gone and missed there from the Blues, but, jeez, I'm sure they're uh, looking at their coaching appointments. I see Greg Feeks just joined the Blues. They, yes, uh, indeed. They're, built, they're stockpiling quite the impressive uh, coaching agent.
1: Yeah, it's not bad, is it? What do you make of it? Vern Cotter, Greg Feek, uh, I was trying to think, who else is there? uh, 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 uh Yes.
0: Um, and poor Tito still there, and Craig McGrath from the Auckland NBC team. So, no, I mean, it's, it's starting to get a pretty good pretty good coaching group there. And uh, and that's what, you, that's what you want to see. And, you, and you know, I guess your you glamour teams and our big Super Rugby teams, You want to see powerful coaching groups. And it uh, looks like the Blues are working towards one.
1: It does always kind of weird me out, though, the fact that we're talking about Super Rugby at the end of November. Like, that is... Even yesterday well, when I was I in know. and around, I was like, look, I know the realities of it, but it's just weird. We haven't even hit summer yet.
0: I know, I know. We still—I don't know if you, you'd have probably covered it a lot, but uh, fortunately, we were able to ride the the wave of the Black Caps. And jeez, uh, mm. you just gotta love the Black Caps, don't you? you? Do. I mean, I know, I know. It was another World Cup where we, we got pretty close, but jeez, uh, they gave us a glimmer of hope in that semi-final. And uh, we were we were in the only part of Australia that didn't have a TV with Fox Sports on it, so I was following it a lot <laughs> on the internet. And it was in the middle of the night. I couldn't sleep. And when we were 180 for two and the two great Waikato boys, or mm. Hormon district boys, and Kane, were, were going at it, I was thinking, we're not going to win this. Are we? This is going to be the impossible one. But uh, unfortunately, uh, just a, a mountain that was just so high chasing that sort of numbers. But uh, again, that Black Gap team, you just got to be so proud of them the way they compete at that level.
1: You really, really do. Gosh, I kind of forget how much has gone on in your absence. Has it been particularly punishing being in Australia, watching Australia win the World Cup?
0: Uh, yep, yep. It's, <laughs> uh, it was funny. Me and Izzy the next day, we were, we were actually surfing in Coolum. Oh. And a, and, and a couple were walking around in an Aussie cricket tracksuit. Um, so, <laughs> first of all, I don't know how you walk around in a tracksuit in the current climate over here. It is roasting. And, uh, and secondly, I just thought it was a little bit, a little bit interesting that uh, you know, on the day after that uh you on your tracksuit. But uh no. The Australians to be fair, what we have encountered and uh, over here is uh pretty good people to be fair. Uh, mm-hmm. they've, they've, they've looked after us like absolute champions and uh we we can't fault them. We're actually saying, gee, we've got we've got a sort of bad opinion of them when you're having to play them week in, week out with rugby but uh <laughs> but, no, but, these, these Aussies in Queensland—they're great people.
1: Turns out the uh, general population is not reflected by pure uh, some some personalities well, I, within the uh, rugby scene. I, I, I will
0: I will qualify that and say there are a lot of Kiwis over here. <laughs> there are, there are a lot of kiwis You're about there. to hit the gold
1: here. There's Queensland. going to be a lot more.
0: I know. I have heard that. I have heard that. But uh, no, so far it goes without fail. But every town you bump into, uh, there's always a couple of Kiwis. Uh, I'm trying to think. Maybe not in the outback. I don't think we really ran into any in the outback. But I know, as he's nodding his head, saying we did. So, <laughs> yeah, everywhere we go. Uh,
1: and I must ask as well on the Aussie rugby front. You haven't uh, managed to track down the recently unemployed Hamish McLennan to give him a piece of your mind, have you?
0: Oh, what a circus! What a circus! Like, I mean, I, well, I, of course, I've been away since Eddie decided that it wasn't for him, and then all, the, and then all the stuff that came out of his mouth, and then. The inevitable happened, which had to happen. You were thought with uh, McFadden as well, but uh, yeah, I mean, you just you just shake your head, don't you? Well, uh, you, just, you just you just can't. No, no sort of analysis can make any sense of what's happened to Australian rugby in the last uh, twelve months.
1: It's been a journey, Dave. It's been a journey. You'd be putting yeah. your, you'd be putting your hand up for uh, the head coaching role at this point, wouldn't you?
0: Well, they 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 announced it. Again. Look. Everywhere. No one's off the table. So, you know, who knows?
1: Coaching um, duo, you and Izzy. Who's head coach? Who's assistant? Yeah.
0: Well, Izzy likes to think he's the alpha male in this mm. relationship. So mm. He'd probably have to be head coach, and I'd and I'd pick up one of those portfolios, maybe a tack or something. But, you know, like, you're taking it from a pretty low base. So I reckon if we got one or two wins next year, uh, not necessarily in the championship, that's probably a bridge too far for us, but if we could pick up, you know, a, a victory against Italy or someone like that, then I think our performance review would be favourable.
1: I think so too. I think you'd be locked in probably for a 10-year contract beyond that. Uh, before we let you guys go and get back to all things Australia Zoo, Beav, what's been the highlight of your Australian jaunt so far?
0: Oh, uh, me and Izzy were talking about this yesterday. Like, uh, we just had a great day here at Australian Zoo, but it is so hard because, you know, it all fairness to them, this state of Queensland is unbelievable. Um, when we first got there, we were going to be here for a month. You're like, how are you going to fill in a month? But mm. we could have done two months here. Um, it's been incredible. I really enjoyed King's Port Douglas
1: yeah. Uh, area. Yeah.
0: Um, ha- hadn't been there, the good news is apparently there's going to be direct flights starting in there next year. I would recommend that uh, 100%. It, was, it blew my mind, to be honest with you, Cairns in particular. Um, I don't know what to expect but mildly impressive skins and mate, to be honest with you, we have been we've been treated. We've been over the Great Barrier East a couple of times, we've been over it in a helicopter, we've been over it in a plane, we've snorkeled, went to that beach with the widest stand in the world, that oh. white haven, we've been around the West Sunday, like it's been it's been stupid. As we keep saying, what have we deserve, done to deserve this? Uh, well
1: we've done nothing to deserve it, but we're doing it. Uh, You're not the only one asking that question, Beef, don't you worry? When are you back in the office, by the way, and not rocking around Australia just quickly? When do we get to see your face again?
0: Uh, Oh, about about time for you to give me a Christmas. It's pretty close to when the uh, man in the red suit shows
1: up. Oh, sensational. Well, we can't wait for that. I hope the man in the red suit is you, and he is bringing us all duty free. That is Stephen Donald live from Australia Zoo with us there, Beave. Appreciate your time. Go have fun, eh? We'll be back right after this. It's a fraction of the whole-